Hello, good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trini Sharp. I'm your host for the evening. As always, it's a pleasure to be back before you guys another week. I'm excited. We got Instagram, we got Facebook Live. We also have our listeners who are going to be listening on our podcast um, platforms, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Apple Podcasts, excuse me, and more. Uh, I'm excited about just continuation of the series and just what God is going to continue to do. And to be honest with you, I don't know how long this series is going to be because every time I think that I'm going to get to a certain um, place and I'm just like, God keeps downloading to my spirit more revelation, more insight of his love and about his love languages that he shows to us on a consistent basis and that he's expecting for us to show as well. Hi, Melissa. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for being the first one that's tuning in. Thank you so much for always being consistent. I love your support, Melissa. All right, guys. So let's say a word of prayer and then we're going to do a quick review of what we talked about last week, what's been happening in the series, and then we can get into tonight's topic. All right. There any Father God, we just thank you, God, for this wonderful day. God, we just thank you, God, for who you are and you continue to be in our lives. God, thank you, God, for being consistent. Thank you, Father, God, for being the Father, um, everything that we need in our lives. Father, I just thank you for being in this platform, God, for choosing me, God, to be God, the speaker, the God, to be the Father, God, just an example, God, to your children. And Father, God, I'm no way perfect myself, the Father, but I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are perfecting each and every one of us, God, through Christ. And God, even in spite of our flaws, in spite of God, our imperfections, God, you still love us, God, the same. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you move mightily through this podcast this evening. God, whatever it is you want to say, whatever it is you want to convey to your children, to your people, Father, God, move through me, God, take control. God, decrease me, God, so that you may increase their Father God through me in the name of Jesus. God, I love you. We love you. And we adore you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you again for tuning in to Imperfectly Perfect Live. This is a platform that I've had for, what, four years now. Four years now. It'll be four years in August. And I'm excited about um, just how this platform has been um evolving evolving and just what god has been doing um so just to think that um started off just just be something be a platform and just be an organization where single christians can just uh congregate and just fellowship and to look at it now and just the teachings and um just the connections that's been taking place through the platform so to god be the glory hi my little sister i love you lex lex all right, guys. So let's let's get into it. Let's get into some review for this evening. So, as you know, with the series, we've been talking about the five love languages. Gary Chapman came up with a book, Five Love Languages, and they are quality time, touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, and gifts. So so far, we have we have covered quality time. We have covered touch, and our um topic just one touch. We covered words of affirmation. And we also covered gifts. We covered um, how um, how we are when we receive gifts from God. We have not yet to get to acts of service, but I know there's a reason why God has has um, put a halt on that particular. But I can't yet reveal that yet to you. And He's still letting me know why He um, has not allowed us to get to that part yet. Because last week 
last week began to uh, move over there in a second, began to talk about the love upgrade. And then tonight we're going to be talking about a father's love. So God is laying down, he's laying down the foundation before we get to certain places um, in the series. And so the five languages, again, are quality time, touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, and gifts. And love, love is unselfish, loyal, and benevolent. Benevolent is characterized by or expressing goodwill or kindly feelings, concern for the good of another. And the language, language is communication of meaning in any way, any way, medium that is expressive and significant. Language can be expressed in any way. So that's through talking, that's through mind, that's through hands, that's through gestures, right? So thinking about God's love languages is that there's no limit to how God will communicate to us. There's no limit how God will express his love towards us. And he's expecting for us as his children to express that same love towards him. And no, we will never top God's love because we were even, we're going to touch on that tonight. We will never top, top God's love, but our desire should be to strive strive to at least get there to at least try to get there by by expressing how much we love god in so many different ways so we know what love and language is we now know what the five love languages are let's talk about briefly what we covered last week so our topic last week was um the love upgrade our subtopic last week was the love upgrade and God just began to download to my spirit what upgrade meant. Upgrade is an increase or improvement, a new version, improved model. And it's crazy that God would download to my spirit to do upgrade. And you're going to see what I'm talking about in a minute. And then we're talking about a father's love and talking about, okay, a new version. But then we're going to, now tonight, we're going to talk about the original. Who's the original? God himself. He's the original of love, the originator. There's no, there's no duplicate. And God is saying, I can only upgrade your love. Why? Because I'm the originator. I'm the, I'm the creator of all things. I can only be the one to upgrade. And so we also talked about when we choose God over everything, God will, number one, make us a new creature. Number two, he will restore our identity. Number three, he give us authority over the enemy, my God. Number four, he will increase our discernment with the help of the Holy Spirit. Number five, he give us eternal life. And number six, God will reward us in heaven. So those are some six key notes that we talked about as far as when we choose God, God um, over everything, God will. So please, if you could not get a chance to um, watch last week's podcast or even listen to it, you can follow us, follow us on I Am Imperfectly Perfect. Follow us on I Am Imperfectly Perfect on Facebook, I Am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated. On Instagram, I underscore am underscore imperfectly perfect. And we are available on all podcast platforms. All podcast platforms. Somebody say all. There is not one. And if there is, hey, the platform that I use, they are doing their best to make sure that it's available anywhere that podcasts are available. So let's get into it. Let's get into it.
because I'm just excited about, I get excited when God just blows my mind with just fresh revelation. And I just excited about sharing it to you guys. So tonight's topic is none other than a father's love. Our subtopic tonight is a father's love. And I know there are some people that may be watching or that will be listening and say that, oh, I never had a father or not necessarily never had a father because we all have a father, right? Because in order for us to even be um, procreated or even uh, be able to come into existence, we have to have a father. We have to. But I do understand there are some people who can, don't have a male figure in their life or didn't grow up with their father in their lives. But the wonderful thing about God is that even if that is the case, God will be the father that you never had naturally. Why? Because he is our heavenly father. There's no love like his. There is no love like God's. And so even in moments, I know people who didn't grow up, have friends that didn't grow up with their father, or maybe they did, and then now their father is no longer in their lives. But God, God came in and he reminded them that I'm your creator, that even if you don't have that male figure, even if you don't have that person right now, God will fill the void. Why? Because he is the creator of everything. Why? Because he is love. So where love is lacking, ooh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You're moving already. Where love is lacking, God will fill the void. God will fill the void. And then he will reveal to you who will naturally be able to take that position. But what we need to realize is, is that it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter naturally because we do need to have some form of connection with people. However, we don't need to be so concerned to the point that we forget that we have God, our heavenly father, that we have God and the spirit that loves us beyond our flaws, that loves us beyond our faults. And that's what we're going to get into tonight. So let's get into this definition for a moment about a father, about a father. And we're talking about specifically God tonight. We're talking about, yes, there are going to be some times I'm talking about natural, our natural fathers and all of that. But we're talking about our heavenly father tonight. Father, he's the first person of the Trinity. And for those of you that don't know what the Trinity is, it consists of our God, our Heavenly Father, number one. Number two, God, the Son, who is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And number three, God, the Holy Spirit, who is the advocate, the help. He was sent as the help after Jesus is now sitting on the right hand of the Father. And Jesus left us with the Holy Spirit as our help but god but even in that oh holy spirit you are just like okay i'm just gonna talk because i i get excited and i'm just it's 
I'm telling you, y'all, it'd be a lot going on in here. Like the Holy Spirit be saying some, some things to me. And I'll just be like, all right, calm down, calm down, calm down. All right. Because even in that, in the word of God, let's go there. I didn't even have this in my notes, but in the word of God, in John chapter one, is it chapter one? Let me just double check y'all. Yes. There we go. John chapter one, verse one. An amplified version, it says, in the beginning, before all time was the word, Christ, and the word was with God, and the word was God himself, my God. He was continually existing in the beginning, co-eternally, co-eternally with God. So the, in this passage of scripture, it's talking about Jesus Christ, right? talking about Jesus Christ being the word, but it, it lets us know that Jesus was not there himself. Why? Because he's a part of a Trinity and him, his heavenly, his God and father and God, the Holy spirit were co-eternally. They were continually existing. They were co-existing together. Why? Because they are one. They are one. However, they, they hold different positions. And I love, oh my gosh, I tell y'all, Listen, please go and watch. I'm always a person like I'm never going to sit here and act like I'm the originator of information or or wisdom because God, you know, it is at this point God has has downloaded certain information into so many different people, but he just he anoints the real us to be able to execute the information in the way that we can with the anointing that God has given us. So, Pastor Michael Todd has been on this series called The Upgrade. And just breaking down, he broke down how the different positions and just how um, God, um, God, the father, God, the son, excuse me, and God, the Holy Spirit, they have different statuses. They have different positions. And so, but there's still one. And even comparing that to, comparing that to a water and how water has different status, it has different um, matters. So it can be a gas, it can be a a liquid, and it can be a solid. It can be a gas, a liquid, and a solid, but it still is water. When it's ice, it's a solid, right? When it's liquid, it's it's water that we can drink. And when it's gas, it is water that is um, evaporation in the air. Still water, three different states, three different types of matter, right? In the same way, and it's a lot of people, and I didn't know, know God was going to take me this way, but it's the same way for the Trinity. A lot of people are saying, how is this so? How, how can God still be one person, but three different entities? I just gave it to you. And that's just a natural example of how we just get an understanding of God's love, how we can get an understanding of how we can have different different parts. That is another, not even have this down here, but another reason why God's love is so special is because he gives us so many facets of himself. So many facets of himself as a father, as our savior, as our help, as our advocate, as our comforter, as our healer, as our provider, as our protector, as our strong tower as our strength, as our way maker, 
as our redeemer. So many facets. What kind of love can compare to his? Who can compare to God? No one. No one can compare to him. No one. I'm just flowing, y'all. As the Holy Spirit is given to me, I'm just flowing. I do have notes, but whatever the Holy Spirit wants to say, it's his platform. So talk about the first person of the Trinity. The other definition I had that blew my mind was God is the prototype. Father. Father talks about being the prototype. So think about you are um, and say if say they're the, the father of uh, music or the father of skating or whatever. You know, just think about they. that's the prototype. An original model on which something is patterned. So in order for us to understand what love is, for order for us to know how to love, we must go to the what? Prototype. Who's the prototype? God. In order for us to even understand how to love and what love is, we have to go to the prototype. Why? Because he, he created the manual. He is the manual. And if we don't have a relationship, I talked about that when I first started the series a couple of months ago. And if we don't have a relationship with God, then we're not going to understand what love is. We're not going to understand how to express love to people and definitely not to God. We're not going to understand it. And that's why it's important. That's why the series is important. And the last definition I have, the verb, because both the first two were noun, the nouns um, version. And this is the verb definition, where is to place responsibility for the origin or cause of. To place responsibility for the origin or cause of. So God takes responsibility of us. He takes responsibility. He has ownership. He takes ownership. When you talk about responsibility, that means you take ownership over something. Meaning if we take ownership over something, we we value it. Whew, thank you, Holy Spirit. When we take ownership of something, responsibility of some of things, we take ownership of it. I'm responsible for this. Therefore, I would take care of it. Therefore, I don't want no harm to come um, come to this thing or this situation or this person or this job or this vision. Why? Because it's my responsibility. I own this. I can't allow anything to take to happen to this or harm it because then it will be on me. Then it will be on me. So God says he takes responsibility for the origin of us, for the creation that he created, that he created us, right? And you get a chance to read Genesis 1 and it talks about the creation. And really Genesis 1 and 2 really talks about the creation of God. And so just thinking about just, just giving you the, the groundwork of what God's love is and, and how it's so special. So let's get into what makes God's love special. What makes God's love special? And I'm talking about the true living God. I'm not talking about Buddha. I'm not talking about Allah. 
I'm not talking about no no Hindu God. I'm not I'm not talking about any of that. I'm not talking about the universe. Why? Because God created the universe. You know what? I gotta just do a, a sidebar right here. Because and I'm not gonna say anything that I don't do my research on, and I'm gonna tell them myself. Let's let's just start with that. Because with me being a teacher assistant now, I take responsibility in making sure that the students, the future leaders of this world that I am responsible for on a daily basis, that they have a awareness of what's happening around them and that they are not, especially with us being a Christian institution, that they are not allowing the world to shape who they are or who, you know, or to change who God created them to be. And I say that in saying it's that some of my students were talking about Zodiacs. And this is not the first time that they've talked about it because they just talked about it yesterday. And I said to them, we don't talk about Zodiac signs in the classroom. And they stopped talking about it. But today, they consistently talked about it. Even after I said, don't talk about it. And so what, what I love about my generation, even the generation after me, is that we're the generation, generations that when you tell us it's not good to do something, then we're, our follow-up question is, why not? We want reasoning. We want reasoning behind why can't we do this? And sometimes, you know, they can come off as disrespectful, but it's all about how you present your argument, how you present your questioning, right? And so they followed a question was, well, what's wrong with zodiac signs? And I said, it's not of God. And they said, well, God created the stars. Yes, he did create the stars. However, God, God did not, you not create these zodiac signs. This is information that man twisted and created to make sense of what, oof, to make sense, to try to make sense of the creation that God originated. To make sense of our personalities, to make sense of our behaviors, to make sense of the way we move, the way we talk, the way we carry ourselves. Man could not understand how, how what, what is this, how, how is this possible in trying to figure out the prototype. Man is, was trying to figure out the prototype. So to make sense of it, he took what was originated. Okay, yes, stars. God created the stars and used he used um, the God's creation to form to form um, astrology, so that people can can make sense of it. And God, I'm just like, okay, God, maybe it's it's I need to do more research research on this thing so that I can truly have a a solid a solid um, reasoning of why zodiac signs are not of God. But what I do know is God, this God don't have nothing to do with it. And I'll tell him myself is that when I was really in the world, 
Yeah, I was I was all about, oh, yeah, I'm Aquarius and I'm this and that. And I was following. Listen, I could tell you about the signs. I could tell you about um, uh, what your personality is. I can tell you about who you're compatible to and all of that. Yeah, I can do all of that. But when I tried, when God was really dealing with my spirit is I know this is not of me. And, and I truly became surrendered to God. I said, like, God, you know what? If this is not of you, I don't want no part of it. Because what's not connected to you is I should not be wanting to have anything to do with it. That was just a sidebar because I'm just thinking about, we're talking about prototype. Talking about how God loves the prototype and how there's so many people that try to duplicate the enemy himself, first and foremost, has tried to duplicate God. And he's so persuasive in, in all of his ways to try to be God. But you cannot, you cannot, you can try to, um, you can try to imitate. And that's what the enemy does. He imitates, he tries to imitate God, but he can never duplicate God. And there's some lyrics that are out there. It says, um, always imitated, but never duplicated. You can imitate somebody. But they can never be duplicated. Why? Because God has created each and every one of us to be original. Even twins. Even twins. Even if they are identical twins. Their DNA is different. The numbers on their heads. The number of hairs on their head is different. There's something about their facial features that, that are different. One might, might have more of an oval face. The other one might have a longer face. One might be taller. Another one might, you know, they, they might, their personality is different. So even with identical twins, they still were not duplicated. They were imitated. Why? Because they're identical twins, but they weren't duplicated. That's how wonderful God is. He's, oh my gosh, nobody can top God. Nobody can top God. So God's love is the prototype of love. God's love is the prototype of love. Yes, mommy, we are all unique. We are all unique, all unique. So let's go to 1 John Chapter four, verse 16. And I'm going to read from the NIV version. And it says, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. So God says he is love. And when we live, when we uh, whoever lives in love, when we live in love, we live in God. Why? Because he is love. God is the definition of love. Y'all, when we look up the word love, you know what's going to be next to it? God. Why? Because they, they are one and the same. God is love. Love is God. I mean, how, how, how simple can that be? But yet, and still we try to make things complicated. We try to make 
um, thing is sense in our human intellect. And God is like, you can't get more simple than that. He said, I am love and love is me. And when you love me, my God, when you live in me, let me go back and make sure I'm quoting. So God is love. Whoever lives in love, when we live in love, you live in God and God in them and God will live in us. So when we love God, God loves us. So wonderful. So wonderful. God's love is the prototype of love. Let's go to Isaiah 44, verse 63. Now, fasten your seatbelts for this one because God got low. He was like, listen, you think you can compare yourself to me? All right. He, he got a little, he got a little buck with them, right? <laughs> in this, in this uh, particular passage. And the message Bible is no joke. So I just want to break, I just want you to brace yourself before I read it. So Isaiah 44, verse 6 through 8. And I'm going to read from the message Bible. And it says, God, King of Israel, your Redeemer, God of the angel army says, I'm first, I'm last, and everything in between. I'm the only God there is. Who compares with me? Speak up. See if you measure up. Whew, my God. From the beginning, who else has always announced what's coming? So what is coming next? Anybody want to venture a try? Don't be afraid and don't worry. Haven't I always kept you informed? Told you what was going on? You're my eyewitness. Have you ever come across a God, a real God other than me? There's no rock like me that I know of. And that rock in this, in this particular passage is a capital R. Therefore, God is talking about himself. Because anytime there is a capital R, especially when you talk about using pronouns, he, capital H, you're talking about God. Since there's no rock like me that I know of. Listen, Courtney, okay? God got gangster. He was like, I mean, y'all trying to imitate me. Y'all trying to, I mean, y'all trying to duplicate me. But last time I checked, there's nobody that can compare to me. There's no love that can compare to me. The enemy tried and guess what? He got kicked out of heaven, him and his minions. So he said, I like to see somebody who can compare themselves to me. I like to see it. He said, no one. And I was like, yo, God. <laughs> I was like, God, this is so dope. <laughs> I was like, wow. I mean, straight up, no chaser. As my pastor Tracy said, can't nobody compare to God. He said, from the beginning, who else has always announced what's coming? So what is next? Anybody wants to venture in a tribe? Woo! My God. I mean, I don't know about you, but it's nothing more comforting and knowing like Satan and natural to have a father. Whew, thank you, Jesus. To have a father that say, for instance, 
if somebody messing with you, right? Say some some instance you had some bullies at your um school, or even as a grown adult, ladies, just talk about ladies right now. You had a, a man that was not treating you right, that was disrespecting disrespecting you as a woman, and you take one phone call to your dad, to your father, and say, Daddy, I need you. All he needs to hear is your voice. And he knows his baby is in trouble. And any, and listen, a dad like mine, my dad don't even live in Philly. But best believe, if my dad found out that anything was happening to me, he would find some type of way to get here. I don't care if it, it takes them, listen, he's going to find some type of way. And that's how God is. He said, let him, let him try. Let him try. Why? Because when we go back, when we go back to the definition, thank you, Holy Spirit. When we go back to the definition of father, the verb says to place responsibility for the origin or cause of. So when God, God takes full responsibility of his creation. And when we, whew, this is, listen, because this guy's love language is serious, just talking about uh, reciprocation. And we, when we take responsibility and ownership of who we are and God children, listen, we reciprocate this thing. And God is saying, listen, when you say, Listen, God, you are my father, and I accept your, your son as my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said, oh, yeah, there's, there's nothing. There's nothing I won't do for you. There's no, there's no mountain I won't climb up. There's no wall I won't kick down. Oh, my gosh, I love that song, Reckless Love. There's no mountain he won't climb up. There's no wall he won't kick down. There's no lie he won't tear down when he comes after us because he's love. His love is reckless. His love is reckless. Why? Because he takes responsibility and ownership of his, of his creation, of his children. This is the love that we need to be imitating. This is why people that are in the world, they go from relationship to relationship because they don't know what love is. Throwing out the word love and not even understanding what love is. If you don't know who God is, if you don't understand the, the, the entity who, who God is, if you don't understand him and, and all his splendor, then there's no way you know how to show love. There's no way that you know even what love is, is to be even if somebody is showing it to you. Thinking that somebody giving this uh, verbally abusing you is love. Thinking that somebody is physically abusing you is love. That's not love. It's not love. But if you don't have a sense in that, if you don't have no connection with God, you take whatever, whatever you are exposed to. And this is why, and just going back to the natural, this is why, and I'm not saying, I'm not downplaying anybody because this goes for our natural fathers and those male figures that are in your lives because there are people who have, um, there are men that are out there who have um, stood up to the plate 
and they have been a male figure and those who don't have a natural father in their lives. This is why male presence is so important in both um, men and women's lives, not just females. Male and male's presence is so important. It helps to shape our very foundation. It helps to shape our very foundation because, whew, because another definition, another definition that I found in the Merriam-Webster's dictionary, I didn't even put it here, but thank you, Holy Spirit, for just, hey, I'm just flowing here. It's a priest. And this is why when you become husband and wife, when, when for those that are striving to marry or are married, they say the husband is the priest of the home. Why? Because the priest, whew, they laid the groundwork. They laid the foundation. They are the leader. They are the first and foremost. They are the ones that are setting the tone. They are setting the tone of how things should be run, of how things should, the order of things in the home. So when you have a father, when you have a male figure, they are the ones setting the tone of the household, setting the tone of the lineage, setting the tone of how you will react of how your behavior will be in your life. And when we don't have male presence in our lives and we don't have no figures, we don't have our natural fathers, when we don't have God, the father in our lives, we don't have no sense of what identity. When we don't have our God in our lives, we don't have no sense of identity. Because God is the prototype. He is our creator. We don't have no sense of who we are. So we, we do everything we can to try to make sense of why we were created, try to try to make sense of why we have these gifts, try to make sense of what we're supposed to be doing here on earth, of how we're supposed to love, how we're supposed to receive love. But we can't make sense of it. Why? Because we are not connected to the prototype. We are not connected to the prototype. Whew, my God, Holy Spirit. Listen, I'm telling y'all, I'm going back myself to listen to it. Because a lot of stuff I'm saying right now did not have prepared. But I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are having your way tonight, God. And that those that are watching right now and those that are going to be listening later on, that Father, that they will be blessed, that God, that they will healing would take place in their lives, Father, that they would, God, be restored, that God, in the name of Jesus, that, that the love and the lack that they have, their Father God, in their lives, that God, because their fathers are not there, because they don't have no presence in their lives, Father, that God, that you will fill the void in the name of Jesus. God, make them whole. Father God, I ask in the name of Jesus, God, that you will heal every broken piece in the name of Jesus. Put every broken piece back together, Father God. Remind them of who they of, of who you are in their lives, Father God. Let them know, God, as their creator, God, as their originator, Father God, as the author and the finisher of their faith, Father. You are there, God, to be their father. And God, whatever it is that they're lacking, God, you will fill the void. You will love on them, God. You will comfort them. You will heal them, Father. You will be their friend, God. When they don't have any friend, you will be their mother. You will be their father, God. You will be everything that they need. All they have to do is look unto you. All they have to do, God, is love you. Because you have already loved them. 
You have already loved us, God. The Holy Spirit, I thank you, God, that as I continue, God, to speak, God, that you're breaking down those walls right now in the name of Jesus. You're breaking down every wall, God, that has been built, God, from the spirit of rejection, from the spirit of abandonment. God, we plead, come against it right now in the name of Jesus. Come against the spirit of rejection. Come against the spirit of abandonment. Come against the spirit right now of division and confusion. Oh, God, we come against it right now in the name of Jesus. Give them the clarity, God, that they need. Love on them right now in the name of Jesus. Only the way that you can. Father, only you can do it. Only you can touch them, God. With just one touch of your love. God, they will never be the same again. Thank you, Jesus, for doing it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for the shift, God. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you for the shift, oh God. Thank you for the shift, God. My Lord, my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. My God. We're talking about God's love. Is the prototype of love. Another reason why God, what makes God's love special is that God's love is perfect. God's love is perfect. There's nobody perfect but God. There is no one perfect but God. And God has made, he made man into his image. He made man into his image. I believe that reference is Genesis 2, 7. He made us into his image. Let's go to 1 John 4, verse 18. 1 John 4, verse 18. And I'm going to read from the NIV version. And it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect. Wait, the one who fears is not made perfect in love. So we see that love is perfect. And that because love is perfect, fear has no room to be in our lives. Fear has no room to be in our lives. When we have the love of God in our hearts, there's no room for fear. Why? Because we have confidence. We have confidence in who God is. We have confidence in who God is. And when we trust in what God is doing, when we trust where God is taking us, when we trust in what God has done, when we have faith in him, there's no room for fear. I love the quote that says faith over fear. 
Because you can't have faith and have fear as well in your in your heart. It's either they they cancel each other out. They cancel each other out. You can't have both. It's either one or the other. One or the other. You have to choose. You have to choose. And also, ooh, thank you, Jesus. Love is a choice. Love is a choice, y'all. Love is a choice. Listen, I'm telling you, I'm I'm going crazy. I'm not okay. I'm not crazy, but it, all this knowledge is just the Holy Spirit downloading to me, downloading to my spirit right now. Love is a choice. Same way as homosexuality is a choice. And this is the Holy Spirit. I'm not coming in judgment because God loves all creations, all creation, but he has also given us free will to make choices because he created man, male and female to procreate, male and female to become one. Not man and man, not female and female, male and female. And there is a, a really a confusion when people say, when people say, oh, this is just the way I am, or I was born this way. Lady Gaga has a song, I was born, I was born this way. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. We choose, and I will, and I will even go even further. Is that there are sometimes where generational sins can be in the mix, where you you don't understand why you're even having these type of feelings, is because generations has been dealing with homosexuality, and nobody has dealt with it nobody has um has faced the fact that this is a a serious thing and this is the, a spiritual thing and we can't fight the spirit when in the natural like with the natural and nobody is seeking for deliverance so therefore wondering why those feelings are in us and, and even as a child wondering why though where are those feelings coming from so the enemy comes in and convinces those who are have been struggling with those feelings that they were born that way. Because this is the thing. Even, okay, even comparing it to those that whatever God has delivered you from, I was just saying, God delivered me from um, alcohol, drinking alcohol. That was a choice. That was a choice for me to say, Lord, I choose not. I choose not to give in to the temptation because it, it didn't say that the temptation would never be there again. But when we depend on God, oh, Jesus, when we depend on his love, because it said when we, oh, when we live in love, when we live in God, when we love God, he will live in us. Therefore, therefore, when we depend on him, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. 
So in moments where we feel weak and we feel like we can't stand against temptation, that's where God's love, that's where God's strength will come into play. So, but it's up to us to depend on him. him. It's up to us to flee. Woo. It's up to us to, 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 because God says he always, he will provide a way of escape for us. But we have to choose. We have to choose to, to flee from it. Because a lot of times God will provide a way for escape, but then we still stay in that bed or we still stay in a relationship. We're not supposed to be and We still stay on that job that God told us to leave. So we have to understand going back because I know the Holy Spirit's going to take me there. However, that love is a choice. Love is a choice because when we choose, we chose to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And God created us that way because I talked about last week is that when God created the angels, he created them to worship him automatically, to praise him automatically. That's the way they were created. That's the way God programmed them. But for us, mankind, the ones that he created in his image, he said, you know what? I'm going to create mankind and I'm going to, I'm going to program them to give them free will because God loves it. The fact that it's something special about when we have all eyes against us, when we have all these different choices around us, then in spite of the temptation, in spite of the things that are pleasing to our flesh, Lord God, I choose not to serve. Lord God, I choose not to allow temptation to take a hold of me. Lord God, I choose not to put those things or put people before you. I choose to put you first. I choose to love you above everything. I choose to love you above everything. It's a choice. I choose to not be bound by this generational sin that has been affecting my ancestors, has been affecting my lineage. I choose to say, Lord, it stops with me. Because of your love, because Rabasi, because your love, because the word of God also says that, uh, that God's love covers a multitude of sins. So because God's love covers a multitude of sins, therefore, God already thought about all of those things. God already thought about everything that, is, that was needed for us to flee from temptation, for us to stop and be a generational curse breaker. There are some things that my family, my lineage has dealt with in the past that God chose me to be the one to say enough. Enough is enough. That's my responsibility. I take ownership in knowing that my family looks to me. They see me and they say, wow, you're really doing it. You're really not, you're really not going down the path that we went down. And I'm not going to sit here because I what I was. I was on the verge to be in that way. However, God gave me a second chance. Another, okay, 
let's not say second. God gave me another chance because there were multiple chances. Let's just be clear. <laughs> God gave me multiple chances to get it right. That's what God's love will do. Because even when we make wrong decisions, God's love covers a multitude of sins. And God has given us the free will to repent. And when we repent, he wipes the slate clean. And this is the kicker. My pastor Tracy talked about forgiveness a couple of weeks ago. And I was talking to my fiance the other day and we were talking about forgiveness. And it hit me because sometimes when you listen to a message, sometimes when you go back to it, the Holy Spirit begins to download into your spirit more revelation concerning that word. And, and what my pastor Tracy said was that forgiveness is choosing to forget what someone did to hurt you. When we forgive it is choosing to forget what that person did to hurt us. It's not saying that the memory will not be there anymore. That's not what God is saying. He didn't say that you won't remember it. But he's, he's saying that you choose to not let, oh, to, to not let that memory affect you any longer. Because a lot of times we say we forget, gave that person. However, when we see that person again, uh, we instantly roll our eyes and be like, uh, what are they doing here? That's the clear sign that you didn't forgive them. Why? Because every time you see that person, you are remembering, you're choosing to, oh, thank you, Father. You're choosing to bring focus on what already was done. But you already said, Lord, I forgive them. And even when, even when, whew, I'm glad I wrote that down because when you write things down, they, even if I don't, even though I don't have my notebook in front of me, it's helping me to remember because even when, oh, help me. Oh, okay. Help me go back, go back, back. Because even when, yes, thank you, Holy Spirit. Even when we say the same, you know, sometimes people say, I'll forgive you, but I'm not going to forget. What kind of attitude is that y'all to tell somebody I forgive you, but I ain't going to forget. That doesn't even make any sense because just like God was saying is that forgiveness is choosing to forget. So if we say we forgive somebody, we're also choosing to forget because it's one in the same. Ain't that fire, y'all? When God revealed that to me, I said, wow. Because a couple of weeks ago, I said, wow, God, this will really, that really helped me because I felt like some things that I still had buried inside of me, I was, I finally let go. I thought I had already let them go, but I didn't. Because I was still choosing to bring focus on what was already supposed to be forgotten about. Because, oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Because also what happens is when we say, Lord, I forgive them. 
God is also saying to them, oh, when God, when we say, God, I forgive my sister, God, I forgive my brother. Even if that person never apologizes, even if that person never apologizes, God will forgive them. Why? Because we take ownership. We take ownership of their forgiveness. God will forgive them. Oh, my God, that's powerful, y'all. Even if they don't apologize. Because forgiveness is not about the other person. Forgiveness is about you. About you. About your sanity. It's about your peace. It's about you. What if that person never apologizes? What if that person never, never repents? Are you going to hold that in your heart? What are you going to do? You have to choose to forget. And again, it's not saying the memory won't be there. But you're choosing not to bring focus on it any longer. You're choosing to not allow that, allowing it to affect your emotions any longer. And that is where the healing will begin. That is where the healing will begin. Hi, Lavelle. Welcome. Love you too, man of God. Hallelujah. That is where the healing will begin. My God. Yes, Courtney. And forgiving yourself because I'm glad you said that. Because that's the thing. Because my thing was, my struggle was not necessarily about forgiving people. Because there are people that, you know, I said I forgive. And that there were still some things that I had to deal with. But it was about forgiving me. Forgiving my faults. Because the thing is, is that there is a struggle for us to forgive ourselves. Why? Because when you have a heart for God, you want to please them, just like our parents. We don't want to disappoint them, right? We don't want to disappoint them. In the same way, we don't want to disappoint God. So anytime we make mistakes, we can be critical to ourselves, be our worst critics. And it's hard for us to forgive ourselves. But when once we repent, God has already forgiven us and he's wiped the slate clean. And he's like, daughter, son, why are you still holding on to this thing? I've already forgotten about it. The memory is no longer there. God said, I chose to forget about that thing, but you're still holding on to it. And because you're still holding on to it, it's blocking your growth. It's blocking your transformation. It's blocking restoration in your life. You got to let it go. How are you going to move on? How are you going to grow from here if you don't forgive yourself? God's love is perfect. It covers a multitude of sins. Whew. My God. I mean, fire. <laughs> like, fire. Jesus. 
What makes God love special? Number three, God's love is unconditional. God's love is unconditional. And I know the past few podcasts that I've mentioned this scripture, but it bears repeating. Let's go to John 3.16. And in where version it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, for whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But in the NIV version, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God's love is unconditional. And the reason why it's unconditional is because God's love goes beyond our flaws. It goes beyond our faults. It goes beyond our imperfections. God saw our faults. God saw our imperfections. Say, you know what? I send my only son, my one and only son, my one and only begotten son to die on the cross for their sins. So that their sins can be covered with his Jesus blood. And then they will be able to have eternal life. Because the mistake that Adam made is what Jesus, the reason why Jesus had to come, had to come and whew, bring restoration, bring all, oh, restore our identity. Because our identity was altered because of the choice that Adam made, right? Because of the choice that Adam made. And Jesus had to come and die and shed his blood. So for and that's unconditional love. So that we our, our sins can be forgiven. And so that we can now be restored. Our identity, identity can be restored so that we can have life eternally when we accept them as our Lord and Savior. Unconditional love, y'all. No love like God's. Let's go to 1 Peter 4, 8. I'll be wrapping up soon. But my God, I pray that you have been blessed so far. 1 Peter 4, 8 in the English Standard Version. And it says, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. And there goes the scripture. I I kept saying it, but here goes the scripture that I was just talking about. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Look what that scripture you need. When you feel like you committed sin and you feel like your sin will never be covered, you feel like your sin is so low down that, you know, you'll never be, God will never forgive you, that God will never love you. 1 Peter 4, 8. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. It does not matter what you did. When we repent, when we choose God over everything like we talked about last last week, God's love, his unconditional love 
will cancel out every sin that we commit, every sin that we thought about, every sin that we'll do. It will cover it all. So don't allow the enemy to convince you that that your weaknesses will, will cause you to not be loved by God. That's a lie. It's a lie. God loves us unconditionally. Whew. My God. Number four. God's love will never change. God's love will never change. When everybody else is changing around us, when we're, you know, our personalities are changing and, and, and people are changing, people changing their hair and changing where they live and changing jobs and changing, their, you know, all these things about ourselves. God remains the same. God is consistent. I don't know about you, but it's nothing like consistency. It's nothing like consistency because when we have consistency in our lives, it gives us what? Stability. And as a woman, I would say that stability to women are, is very important. We like to have stability. We like to know that, all right, I have something to, to depend on. We can always depend on God. He's consistent. Hebrews 13 verse 8. 13 verse 8 in the Amplified Version. And it says, Jesus Christ is eternally changeless. Whew, that's good. Jesus Christ is eternally changeless, always the same yesterday and today and forever. There's nothing that's going to change about God. We can always count on him. We can always rely on him. The same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Forevermore. He's not going to change. His love is not going to change. My God. Psalms 136. Psalms 136, verse 26, in the Amplified Version, it says, Give thanks to the God of heaven for his loving kindness, graciousness, mercy, compassion endures forever. Forever. God's love is going to be the same forever and ever. Amen, 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 amen. Give thanks to him because... His love will be the same forever, endures forever. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Last point. What makes love special? God's love is eternal. God's love is eternal. Let's go to Jeremiah 31.3. Jeremiah 31, verse 3 in the Amplified. And it says, The Lord appeared to me, Israel, from ages past, saying, 
I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you. My God, God says he loves us with an everlasting love and eternal love. Because eternal means it, it, it goes without time. There's no time that comes into play when you talk about eternal. Eternal means forever, everlasting, forevermore. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you. So again, in closing, whose love compares to God? What love compares to a father's love? Whose love compares to our heavenly father's love? And I know we laughed about it earlier when God got against them. He was like, listen, who compared to me? But in all seriousness, y'all, there's so, so much philosophy, so many just different teachings happening in the world and people <laughs> making, trying to make sense of who God is and going back to the whole duplication thing, trying to duplicate who God is. And God is saying, I can't be duplicated. So I can't be duplicated. Yes, God with the love letter. Listen, God is so perfect. I love him so much. God says I can't be duplicated. And this leads to the call of salvation because, my God, many of us that may be watching right now, you don't have a relationship with God. And the only way to have a relationship with him is to accept his only son, Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior. You want to experience love? I'm sorry, y'all. You want to experience love? You want to actually be able to understand what means? You have to. You have to get closer to God. You have to draw closer to him. You've been looking in love in all the wrong places. In all the wrong places. My God. However, Jesus said, here I am. I am waiting with open arms. Waiting for you to set me in your life. Waiting. Waiting for you to choose Love, real love, the original of love, so that I can fill the void in your life that you have been trying to fill through other people. And God says, here I am. God says, here I am. So if you're ready to accept his only son as Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize that I am a sinner. And I know, Jesus, that I tried so many things to fill this void that I had in my life. But Jesus, I realize that right now 
that you are the one that I've been waiting for. You are the one that I need in my life so that I can feel love and so that I can show love. And Jesus, I come to you right now repenting for my sins. And I ask that you forgive me of everything that I've done wrong. I thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood for me so that I can have life eternally. I believe in my heart and I confess in my mouth that you died just for me. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me unconditionally. Thank you, Jesus, for cleansing me. Thank you, Jesus, for making me whole. And because of that, Jesus, I choose to serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer, welcome into the body of Christ. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Heaven is rejoicing for your soul right now. Today is your birthday. Why? Because you are a new creature. All those old things are behind you. Behold, all things are new before you. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. One last call. The call of, rededic call of rededication. For those of you that have once had a relationship with Jesus, but you allowed yourself to separate from God and to separate from God's love. But just like in the natural, where you may have a fallout with your, your parent or have a fallout with your father, real fathers, ones, they will love you unconditionally. Even, even when their children are not doing what they would like for them to do and their children are not being obedient, they still have hopes, they still have desires for their children to come back home, to come back home. And that's the same way our Heavenly Father is. That even when you make mistakes, even when you, when you make wrong decisions, he said, I'm still here open arms waiting for you to come back waiting for you to come back and when you say I'm sorry I will restore you I will make you whole again and you won't have to worry about any of those things you did before why because they are forgotten and they are forgiven but this is your moment this is your time don't miss your time. Don't miss this moment to come back and rededicate your life back to Jesus Christ. You hear him calling you. So say this. I encourage you to say this prayer of rededication with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I am so sorry for separating from your love. I am so sorry, God, for for getting from under your grace. I realized, Jesus, that I tried to duplicate. I tried to find a duplication of your love in other people and other things and other places. But Jesus, I realized that your love can never be duplicated. Your love can never be replaced. So Jesus, I ask you to forgive me for even thinking that I can do such a thing. Jesus, I ask that you come back into my life and be my Lord and Savior. 
Forgive me for everything that I've done wrong. I thank you, Jesus, for giving me another chance to get back under your grace, to get back in alignment with you. And I choose to serve you once again. Thank you for giving me another chance to get it right. And I love you. And I, I thank you. And I'm going to serve you. I'm not going back. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer rededication, welcome back into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. 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 To God be the glory. Hallelujah. One thing's for sure is that you need to forgive yourself. Whether you, this is your time that you uh, accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, or this is your time where you rededicated your salvation, life back to him. Forgive yourself. Because when you forgive yourself, again, you're saying to God, I choose to forget. I choose to forget about those mistakes that I made. I choose to forget the way it makes me feel, the way it affects me. And I'm choosing to move forward. Choose to move forward and allow God to strengthen you along your journey. Allow him to strengthen you. And I encourage you to find a church home because it's so important that you have a good shepherd that will help guide you, help lead you, and make sure that you have people around you for fellowship, making sure that um, you are being sharpened, your gifts are being sharpened, that your love for Christ is being sharpened, that you are being held accountable for your actions. I go to the River Church. My pastors are Pastor Charles and Dr. Tracy Lynn Williams. We are located in Yaden, Pennsylvania. If you want to visit our church, we'll be opening back up soon. So look out for that. You're going to be invited to come out to our church very soon. Also, if you need help finding another church home in a different location, or if this river church is not for you because it's not for everyone, please inbox me on Facebook and also on Instagram. I am available. And please, if you need prayer requests, if you need help finding a church home, if you need anything, please don't hesitate to reach out. And make sure you listen. Follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. And make sure you listen to our podcast platform. It's available. Listen, the gyms are back open. If you want to go on your lunch break and you just want to listen to it, you don't have time to really watch it, hey, it's available to you. All right, guys. So I love you guys so much. I pray that you are encouraged and uplifted. Please go back and watch it. If there's anything that you missed, that maybe something that you know that you might want to need to hear again. Go back, watch it, allow God to reveal to you more revelation and insight. And whatever you do, move forward. It's time to move forward. Forgive yourself and move forward. I love you guys. Until next time on A Perfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Have a great night.